keep it real. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And then the last one is keep it up. It's just about being a persevering in prayer. Oh. In Luke 18, 1, the story there says that Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he tells them the story about this unjust judge uh, who didn't fear God, didn't fear man. He was into himself. And this widow had come to him for justice. And he kept blowing her off and blowing her off. And she kept going. And finally he says, even though I don't fear God, I don't fear man, I'm in charge. I do whatever I want. I'm going to give this woman what she wants just so she'll leave me alone and not keep coming to me. And he says, that's the way we need to pray. We need to curse fear. We need to not give up. He says, because if the unjust judge who didn't fear God or man would do that for her, how much more is your Heavenly Father going to do for you because he loves you? Because he is just. He says, keep it up. You know, I... I I never know what all my daughter wants me to share or allows me to share. Uh, but whenever I'm up here, I like same thing I told my wife. My wife used to say, you didn't need to say that. And I'd say, well, I can't be responsible for the anointing. And so she'd say, don't give me that anointing garbage. <laughs> that was you. I'm playing on God. But I can remember when Ashley was first born. And uh, she had some issues, health issues then. And uh, she would just lay in there and just shake. Uh, issues that came later on we found out was the spinal problem and uh, some issues that had to be taken care of and every now and then she'll still have back problems because of that or different things uh, but I remember she would just lay there and just shake and I, I remember going in and saying I'll just hold her and I, I can remember you know on the Saturday night right after she was born just holding her all that long and everybody was like don't you need to go you got to preach the next morning I said I can preach any time of the day I can stand up and preach I'm more interested in my daughter. And I remember sitting there and holding her in the ICU, and just saying, God, what are you doing? And being real. And just crying out of my heart and saying, hey, I think I've loved you, I've done everything I can, but I know that isn't the reason. But she can't pray for herself. Would you just take care of her? Would you love her? And I remember just all night long, just sitting there, just pouring out my heart, and just saying, I love her so much, let's pray. And I can remember shortly after her and I were married and, and whenever uh, they put in the uh, rods for scoliosis and uh, they were on a mission trip to Dominican Republic, I think it was Elijah, where y'all were, and they were doing youth and ministry down there and uh, went to the doctors. There's a medical missions team who was doing stuff. And they had all this, uh, you know, kind of spots breaking out. And she says, what is this? It's like a rash? And they're like, you've got a staph infection. And the uh, titanium rods they put in her back there and with the 22 screws uh, to kind of straighten out her back and everything and take care of some problems had become infected. And uh, my wife won't ever let me show the pictures, but uh, whenever they, uh, we flew her back to, well, they got them into Chicago, her and Lige, and then we uh, drove up there, picked them up, drove them back. The next morning they had her in surgery. We drove all night and uh, the doctors took out the rods uh, they said the staph infection is so bad it actually had eaten them up almost like a car battery does, which they said couldn't happen to titanium rods. And they said, you need to understand, your daughter's not going to live. She's not going to make it. And you need to come to terms with that. 
And I said, all I know is I'm allowed to pray out of the desire of my heart my Heavenly Father. And I'm going to ask him for what I want. And if he doesn't heal, then I'll decide to come to terms with it. But for right now, he gives me the privilege of praying out of the desire of my heart. And I'm just going to pray. And we pray. And we pray. And, uh, boy, it was almost three weeks. She laid there on her face with her back open. <laughs> they had taken out and trying to continue to suck out all the poison. There was just a huge sack down, the back, down her backbone. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I just, you know, we'd be in there every day just praying. God, uh, and, uh, there we were just, just praying. Not knowing. But you know what? It isn't that God had to heal or any, what any certain ones of our prayers have made a difference. But you know, in the midst of that relationship, praying there, and we're going through that. My son had gone through four surgeries with his throat kind of that was starting to happen there at the same time. Sherry, my wife, was going through pre-cancer, and I'm saying, God, what are you doing? You know, if you've got a problem with me, if there's something wrong with my life, you take it out on me, but leave my family alone. So I say, and I pray, I just pray real. I mean, God already knows your heart. Why don't we try to make up fancy words to impress you? He already knows what you're saying, what you're crying out for. Just to pray and pray and pray. Well, she's here today, so you know God did bless. I mean, it's just amazing. And, and you know, uh, I, I, I thank her every day. And, uh, you know, they told her that because of everything she'd gone through, she wouldn't be able to have uh, kids. She wouldn't be able to carry them. And we didn't realize that they wouldn't have kids. But we've got two kids that are just uh, kids that are highly active. And, and uh, you know, just everything. And, and see, all I know is that God's just given us the privilege to pray. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily hear my prayers anymore, but there's sometimes you can be so overwhelmed and feel like there's no way answer. But he says, just persevere. Don't give up. Yeah. You know, in this story, after uh, what I read to you of the Lord's Prayer, he, he decided to teach him a little parable. And he said, this guy had a friend come and he wanted to serve him some food. And he goes to his friend's house and he knocks on the house and he says, hey, I need some bread. I've had a friend who's come. I need bread. And the friend says, it's midnight. I'm already asleep. I'm in bed with all my family. What are you doing? And he keeps knocking. He says, finally he gets up. Not because of the friendship, but because of the audacity that that person would come and ask for that from him and for somebody else. We need to have the audacity just to ask God for what we want. Again, checking the desires of our heart. But what do we want? What do we need? Ask him for that. And sometimes we need to pray on behalf of somebody else. Because they can't pray. It's not that God doesn't hear their prayers. Sometimes people can become so overwhelmed with what they're going through, they just feel like they can't pray. They feel like God isn't there. God doesn't love them enough. God's finally punishing them for something they did in their past. Man, I wish I could just get in touch with every person and say, read God's word and recognize something. God loves you. God's not into punishing you. If you wanted to, you could already be dead and gone. God's not into punishing you. He created you for a relationship. He created everybody for a relationship. You know, we'll do things so much to separate us. There's a story 
uh, in 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17, it's a story about Elisha. Elisha was the one who followed after Elijah, who had prayed for the double blessing that whenever he had been anointed as a prophet. And God was blessing Elisha and everything he did. And the king of Aram, who was a wicked king, was always coming against the nation of Israel. And so because of that, uh, you know, in their fight, God would speak to Elisha. Elisha would go tell the king of Israel, don't go down to this place, it's an ambush. The king of Aram's there. And so the king of Aram calls in all of his leaders and says, okay, who's the spy among us? Who's telling the king of Israel what's going on, what our battle plans are? They said, it's not any of us. It's this guy named Elisha. He hears exactly what you say even in your bedroom. Thoughts are. And then he shares it with the king of Israel. He says, you know what? We're going to take this guy out. Where's he at? They said, he's in the city of Dotham. He says, okay, let's go. And he sends all his chariots and horses to take out this one man of God. And they surround the city. And it says there in verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. He goes back into Elisha. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, that's what happens. Our perspective gets off because we see all the situations we're facing. Everything that's going on, we're thinking, oh, there's any hope. Elisha says, Lord, I pray that you'd open his eyes so that he can see the truth. And whenever he goes out and he looks again, yes, he sees the army of the king of Aram, but what he sees surrounding them is the army of the Lord with all the chariots and the horses of fire. And as Elisha said, greater are those who are for us than those who are against us. Yeah. And see, I don't know what you may be facing today. I don't know what you may be surrounded with. Sometimes we can get so burdened down with everything that's going wrong in our lives. When we come to stage, we feel like we can't pray. Our prayers just hit the ceiling. God doesn't know. God doesn't care. We'll say all kinds of things. I want you to know the greater is those who are for you than anybody that would stand against you. Amen. And we need to sink that deep into our hearts and really understand it because that's the key to prayer. It's not how we pray. It's not the words that we use. It's a perspective that understands I'm praying to my Heavenly Father who loves me, who's created me. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I'm surrounded by. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.